Yeah, that's right, everyone. Welcome back to the Scrotecast. Andrew. Andrew. Ah, stereo. Hello. Lovely people in internet land, and welcome to episode 48 of Game Life Balance Australia. I am your lovely host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined as always by the man who caused the global financial crisis, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. Money for everyone! Yay, money! What's money? You work for Goldman Sachs, right? (laughs) Well, they employed me as a janitor, and I said, if everyone had a house, we'd all be rich, but you'd be even richer. And then everything melted down. Mostly because I was scrubbing those computers clean. Scrub, 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 scrub. And today we actually have a very special guest because we are also joined by the model, the actual model used for all the characters in Dwarf Fortress, Andrew Elchan Lynch. How are you doing, Elchan? I'm pretty good, thank you, AC. And yes... I'd prefer you called me by my full title, Andrew Elchan Yoshimura. Whoops. And yes, I was the model for several Dwarf Fortress characters. I was the lowercase g and the uppercase e. G'air. I love that guy. I was two separate guys. G'air. E. I'm somewhat confused by the fact that you both have the same surname. <laughs> I was wondering whether you could perhaps explain. In one of the episodes, I was referring to Andrew and I said, friend of the show, Andrew Elchan Yoshimura. Uh, I, I done fucked up. I think and I that, remember that actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't pick it up until after until I was listening back to it yeah. and I went, Oh fuck, nobody else is gonna notice okay. except Elja. I didn't actually notice. You had to tell me. Did I really? Yeah. Oh man, I shouldn't have said anything. Okay, nobody so would have known. So to be absolutely clear yeah. for our listeners, yeah. you're not both members of a polygamous marriage. Uh no. Not by choice anyway. Okay. Speaking of polygamous marriage. It's a bit of a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect segue. <laughs> Right? <laughs> what can be more polygamous than... Uh... No, no, I want to see where he's going with this. I want to see him <laughs> dig himself out of this hole. <laughs> My good friends AC and Rob... <laughs> Damn it. ...can now get married in Australia. <laughs> yeah, so we're Not recording... a great country. Yes. I don't think we can have polygamous same-sex marriages, though, can we? No. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, we that's you the could. Next, that's the next <laughs> referendum. <laughs> so today... Uh, we're recording this on a Friday where gay marriage has finally been legalised in Australia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's now a law. Uh, now all gays and all straight people will be forced to marry gays. Ah, uh, good. And possibly animals, according <laughs> so to some members of parliament. TV commercials were correct. <laughs> Fantastic. That's, that's great. So we're now officially on the slippery slope to bestiality being legal. <laughs> right, wait, wait. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Technically, Rob ain't human. Because when, cause when the um, conservatives start talking about that, I was very excited. <laughs> and so was your pet iguana, Jub Jub. Yeah, that's right. We, were both, we both rubbed our hands together with glee. Well, he rubbed his little sort of claws together with glee. <laughs> oh, good lord. Um, he's got cute little claws. That's, that's not the only thing he was rubbing, Rob. No. Oh, look, I could tell you. Well, this went downhill this so quickly. Speaking of slippery slopes. <laughs> it was all Elchan's fault. Yeah. Although I'm, I'm very much... At fault here as well. Yes, yes, you are both at fault. And that is because mm. today's stupid ass game is to do with crusading and kings and dwarves and fortresses. No more dwarf fortress!
Okay, so there is a reason that uh, Elchan is here today, and that is because for the longest time Rob has been bugging me to do one of his favourite games in the whole world, mm-hmm. but it's not Dwarf Fucking Fortress, <laughs> which what? is an actual game, a pawn game, with ASCII keys. That's pretty much correct. <laughs> um, there is a lot of that in Dwarf Fortress. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Crusader Kings 2, and I didn't even know it was number 2, mm-hmm. uh, and it turns out that our good friend Mr. Lynch here is also a big fan and happened to be in town, mm-hmm. and Rob begged me. He got down on his hands and knees. Yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> well, I got down on my knees. Freezing. <laughs> and so we decided to finally actually do an episode with the featured game of Crusader Kings Twas. No, is that is is that the second Twa? Twa, that's the one. Yeah. So, look, mm-hmm. I have played this game for a little bit, but mm-hmm. Rob, maybe you'd like to concisely tell us what this game is about. Yeah. It's a bit complex. Sure. So we'll run down some facts because, as I've said many times, we are a fact-based podcast. <laughs> uh, so, um, number one, developed um, by Paradox Interactive, makers of fine, very nerdy strategic games. Um, what else have they done? Uh, they have done Europa Universalis, um, Hearts of Iron, um, that one that's set in the Victorian period that may well be called Victoria. It's called Victoria. Yes. Um, and uh, and um, Stellaris. Stellaris. Yeah, I haven't played Stellaris. Which Stellaris. one's your favourite, Elgeon? Because I remember you saying that you liked this game, but it wasn't your favourite from the developer. Yeah, I'm a Europa Universalis 4 man. But um, I, I do enjoy a bit of CK2 on occasion mm. as well. I cut my teeth on, on EU3. Yeah, and then, that was a good one. Yes, yeah, very good. I'm confused. Uh, I'm so, intimidated. Uh, so what this game is, um, it is, and I, th- I found this definition on, on Wikipedia, but I like it. It's a dynasty simulator, which I like that because that yep. gets you closer to what it is than calling it a strategy game. Mm. Because a lot of strategy games have you playing as like the disembodied intelligence that directs the affairs of a nation yeah. um, but in this game you're actually you actually play as an individual member of the nobility hmm. in medieval Europe um, so unlike those other games you, you are it's almost like a role playing game you're just playing a character um, and that limits your ability to influence events you have to have people on side what you know there's a limit to what one person no matter how evil they are can do you need mates. You need you need uh, you know vassals. You need you uh, need a power structure. Co-conspirators, mm. um, and that's what a large part of this game is about: is um, wheeling and dealing, and uh, forming alliances, d- dynastic marriages, and that sort of stuff. Um, so, the way the game works is basically a highly detailed, more or less accurate reflection of the medieval European feudal system. Yeah. It's accurate um, until like five seconds into the game where all sorts <coughs> of craziness happens. That's right, yeah. So so when you actually... So the setup is accurate, but soon as a player yeah. takes command and they can do whatever they want, that's when history falls on its ass. Yeah, and that's one of the most impressive things about the game is that um, you can choose to start the game well, in the in the... The, uh, the vanilla version of the game from I think 1066 through to anywhere up to 1453. Mm-hmm. And they have gone to great lengths to figure out exactly who is in charge in every region of Europe and the Middle East every year from 1066 up till 1453, which is in itself extremely impressive. <laughs> um, and you can sort of just go and pick one of these, these many no- nobles 
and and play as them. And um, so the good thing about this version number yeah. two is that you can actually rename the character if you want. Ah, so this you is can... DLC AC. Oh, that's DLC. Is yeah. It? Okay. So right. everything's DLC. A lot of things are DLC. I'm going to talk mainly about the vanilla version of the game, okay, and then sure. we'll talk about the DLC later. So mm-hmm. in the in the vanilla version, you pick a noble. Yep. Um, and your choices range from. Um, you can't go too low down in the chain. I think the lowest you can be is um, a is it a baron or oh, a that I think right. yeah or maybe an maybe a count, and then the the step up from that is like a duke yeah or? I guess earls yep. or, or counts yep um, depending on where you where you are in the world a duke is the next step up mm-hmm. and then from duke you go to king um, and then there's a step above that that's um, emperor um, which is like there aren't many of those Qu- question um, yes can you become pope. Um, with DLC, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, mean, you can call yourself Pope. With DLC, you can call yourself Pope, <laughs> and with a different piece of DLC, you can actually be the Pope. Oh, okay, excellent. Or um, the anti-Pope. Yes, in, yes. In fact, the anti-Pope is yeah. That's potentially a an interesting um, way to play the game. Uh, yeah. So the way this game works is basically there's all these nobles, all these different sort of individual characters, and there might be potentially like thousands of them. Yeah. Um, um, they're all named. They all have different traits, um, you know, ability scores and things like that. And that's basically what the game is is, is consists of: is all these individuals um, that have their own little agendas, and they're all you know trying to you know get their uh, get to their goals, I suppose. Um, there are also sort of um, faceless armies and populations of commoners that are just reflected in like just numbers, just raw numbers of, of soldiers and, and commoners that don't really have much to do with the the day-to-day sort of uh, gameplay um but they're there to sort of you know fight and be a number that you can sort of say oh this 90 percent of the people in this town are catholic or something like that it's uh, kind of like an interesting because when i was mm. playing this and i had very limited experience with this mm. uh, but it was kind of like a spreadsheet that kind of made some yes. numbers go up other numbers go down yeah and it had you know not fancy graphics but mm. you know graphics that that helped you understand what the numbers were doing yeah. with lots of pop-ups saying this is the news of the day this is what's happening this yeah. person wants to be elevated to this uh, post and they're better than this person but you don't want to get this other person offside yeah yeah the way the interface of the game is basically a big map mm. it's basically like a, it's you could not go far wrong by describing it as an extremely complicated board game um, except that it's played in real time that's the difference it's not turn based so. mm. I think European Versailles was originally a board game right uh, okay yeah um, I think it may I don't know actually it may well have been I believe yeah. that was the case okay. do you have that board game because you're a bit of a no I don't it's board game probably very rare okay yeah but um, all of Paradox's games can basically be described as map simulators yeah it's a map in some way it's basically like a huge spreadsheet with a map as the front end yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's just people monkeys furiously typing into Excel on the other on the yeah. other end of that so up front this is a confronting game with a huge learning curve and it's probably mm. visually very unappealing to a lot of people yeah so there is it, it's it's it might turn you off. Basically, uh, uh, what Elchan described this game best mm. as a very AC unfriendly game. <laughs> yes, yeah, it is. But having said that, I did actually sit down with you, AC, and attempt to steer you through a yeah. game. So um, I was basically sitting behind the controls, but I gave you all the decisions, essentially. Yeah, so this worked really well for me, yeah. and I enjoyed my time with this game because of the way that I played, which was I was not acting... I was not directly interfacing with the game. I mm. was like um, Baldy McGrandpa from uh, Star Trek The, the Next 
generation. Mm. Like the guy who just kind of sits there and goes, make it so, do this, do that, and waves his hands around and sits in a chair, yep. tells everyone to do. So a king, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. That's basically what I was. And I was telling Rob, and Rob was feeding back this information saying, you can do this, this, or this. Yeah. And that was very helpful for me because, number one, I didn't bring my glasses with me, so I would have been very ineffectual. Because the font is extremely small. It is very <laughs> tiny. <laughs> and I enjoyed my, my time with the game because Rob was able to be the interface between yeah. like the go-between between the game and me and yeah. like he was clicking everything going this is important this is not important this person wants to do this and but most people aren't going to have Rob there to help them no unfortunately the I, I'm not able to come out and play it with you oh that could that could totally be a kickstarter like we will fly <laughs> Rob out to you so you can play this game that can be a the new hun- business hundred dollar tier on our um, on our um, <laughs> Patreon, Patreon. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yep. If you pay for Rob to come out and help you, he will help you for a couple of hours in yeah. Crusader Kings 2. That's right. DLC yep. pack. And definitely not get you killed. <laughs> um, yeah, so how would you describe so how would you describe your experience with this game? Look, um, it, it is daunting at first. Yeah. Uh, I picked up on the the unacedness of it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after you kind of described that it was a dynasty simulator and you know you're not in charge of a whole country you're just in charge of a territory mm. of that country well, that depends but it yeah. depends yeah, yeah 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 i mean you know the bigger the country and you know depending on the political situation at the time so i became a duke i think you were originally an earl in yeah. scotland um but then you beca- you might have become a duke yeah i think uh it was moray was it or- yeah Around that area, and I wanted to be the Isle of Skye because that's where my uh, my Scottish an- ancestry heralds from. But that oh, was actually the Yoshimuras of the Isle of Skye. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Ah, uh, uh, the Highlands. Ah, uh, the peat. I think you're being Irish. <laughs> oh no, we were doing this before. I kept I kept affecting an Irish accent for some reason. It's very embarrassing. Ah, uh, the leprechauns from the Isle of Skye. So I. But that was a Danish-controlled territory yeah, at the time. Yeah, that was one of those quirks of history. Is that in that in that period, the Norwegians or some some sort of like group of, of Vikings um, were controlling that particular yeah. area. So. so I was in the territory next to that, and mm-hmm. in my one hour and twenty minutes of play, mm-hmm. uh, I defeated someone who tried to take over my kingdom. I mm-hmm. took over their kingdom. I stopped a plot to take down the king. Mm-hmm. I uh, also took down that person. I had a wife. Mm-hmm. I sired a daughter mm-hmm. and I tried to kill the Pope <laughs> so pretty a pretty full experience yeah I think uh, and all Good that nice in our mm, yeah I, I was very proud actually because apparently you can play that game for hours like many hours and not kind of get that amount of stuff done yeah so I was very pleased that you you pretty much got to sort of experience most of what I call like the the sort of key like plot points of a typical game of of, um, of Crusader Kings so so you could it has this clever feature mm of being able to stop time so you can make decisions and change things and then when you click on time mm. the date just keeps counting up quite quickly yeah yeah it is it is in a sort of a real time mm. um, which is uh, can be can be troubling uh, yeah. can I just say that I think the real time nature of Paradox's games is their <clears throat> best feature because mm. Paradox games have ruined me for Civilization, where you click end turn and then you have to wait for the computer to do its thing yeah. I can't take that anymore I, I much prefer the real time systems yeah there. I think there's definitely a big advantage to it, but you do have to get quite good at pausing. You do ha- you have to you can't. I think you can't in good faith just turn it up to full speed and play it properly, like because no. you'll end up losing wars basically. Well, that's uh, in multiplayer. People do that. Yeah, but, um, I haven't actually easy. played much multiplayer of this game, so I'd be curious to see how that works. Do you usually play online, Andrew? 
I've never played Crusader Kings multiplayer, but I've played quite a lot of uh, Europa Universalis multiplayer. And uh, do you usually win these ones? No. <laughs> I think that's a, good, that's a good point, actually, a good segue, because the the win condition, if you like, for this game, like a lot of Paradox games, is really nebulous, and it's really up to you yeah. to decide what your goal is. There are three ways you can lose the game. One is um, your character dying and then you having no heir to inherit your titles. Second way you can lose the game is by having all of your titles stripped from you while you're still living. <laughs> yep, that would Which would suck. be very traumatic. I've never had that happen. Yeah, neither have I, but it, it can happen. I mean, I've done it, let's put it this way, I've done it to other people yeah, in the game. <laughs> me too, me too. Um, and the third way is the game hits 1453, where the yeah. game officially ends. And if you want, there is a way that you can continue your game in a weird kind of a way in Europa Universalis 4. if you become king and you take over lots of character, you know, lots of countries and Mm. you're actually doing quite well, by the time it hits 1433... 53, yeah. Sorry, um, 1453. Mm -hmm. You say that's a loss, but if you are controlling lots of territory... Oh, it's not a loss, sorry. It's it's an end condition. Yeah. Okay. Because I was was kind of like, if you get to the end of the game and you're doing so well, I wouldn't really count that as a loss. No, sorry, I misspoke when I called it a loss. Those are the three ways the game can can end. And it's great because you can read like a text history of everything that you've done throughout the game. And it's it's quite quite fun to read about all your achievements. Yeah, definitely. And there is is a certain... There is a win condition in the sense that what you have two point, two sort of scores that you're trying to accrue. One is um, piety. And the other is influence, is it, or something like that? What's it? What is it again? I can't is remember. Prestige. Or prestige. Thank you. Yeah, prestige. It's yeah. Prestige. And so, getting lots of prestige points and piety points is sort of one way to, to to win the game. You can look at your prestige compared to say someone like the Holy Roman Emperor, and if you have more prestige than him, then that's a pretty good indication <laughs> yeah. that you've done pretty well. I was, um, I was just planning to kill him and take his pointy hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's Amir, the Pope. Uh, Wait, Holy- we're talking about two different people now. <laughs> I'm gonna take. I take everyone's hat after I kill them. Okay. That's just my thing. I don't think this is neither the time nor the podcast to, to explain medieval history. No. <laughs> um, Maybe he just needs to play more CK too. Yeah. Well, actually, you've expressed an interest in playing more, which I think is a really good sign. It is. Look. Yeah. I gotta say, um, I played this game. Under the best conditions. So I suppose we should go to our uh, would you recommend this game segment here. Yeah, why not? So I'll go first. Mm -hmm. Uh, Would I recommend this game? Look, I played it for a very limited time. It's a very complicated interface. Mm. And I would recommend this game if you are into something like civilization and want more of a real-time challenge to it. Something more Uh, complex. If you're a history buff and if you have... If you're someone like me, it can be a lot of fun, but you need someone like Rob to drive. Mm. He needs to be in the pilot seat there because otherwise it is reading lots and lots of text box and yeah. not understanding. It's a pretty it's a pretty deep end to jump into yeah. if it's your first time. Definitely. So it's a tentative yes from me if you meet any of that criteria because it's obviously I obviously had a lot of fun mm. but the conditions were very much in my favour then yeah cool. how about you Elchan uh, I have a few thoughts on this so you have to excuse me but no, no, um, I just warn anyone who thinks this sounds great because it is great 
but um, there's a few things you need to understand. And one is that there's a lot of DLC for all of Paradox's games. Mm. So that means you're looking at a pretty big investment if you don't wait for a sale. And some of the DLC is considered by players to be essential as yeah, well. Yeah. So that's a thing. So how much does the base game cost usually? I th- want to say now it's still around 30 bucks on Steam, you, you yeah. Australian. If yeah. you wait for a sale, you could probably get it for five bucks, I'd say. Mm. But and what about the DLC? Is that like 10 bucks a piece? or There's tons of it. It varies. Oh, yeah. Probably okay. 20 different pieces of game influencing dlc alone yeah. that's ignoring cosmetic stuff i say there's some core stuff that's that's really worth getting like the stuff that lets you play as a muslim the stuff that lets you play um as a republic um those are like really big um additions to the game there's a lot of stuff that's fairly yeah. minor so the, the charlemagne one, one the india one there's, yeah there's a lot of stuff there so yeah. you can expand the map a little bit well not so much expand the map just put more dots on the map give you more options of people to play as because in the, in the vanilla game you can only play as a, basically as a um western um feudal character you can't play as a muslim or um you can't play as like someone in venice for example because venice is a republic and yeah. um oh, they didn't okay. have the systems built into the vanilla game for you to play as oh, in a republic yeah so we played the dlc where you can like take over and name your own character and i think mm. mine was um yes i think yours was lord but horatio buttmunch <laughs> <laughs> Love but why am I not yes. surprised? I think it was Lord. Actually, you're right. It was Lord Horatio de la Buttmunch. <laughs> and that actually brings me to my second point: is that the learning curve with all the new stuff that's been added to the game is immense. Mm. Like if you bought the game when it came out, you had tutorials, mm. but I'd be shocked if those tutorials worked anymore. The game has changed so much. Yeah, yeah. So with that in mind, it's an excellent game, and in my opinion, it's well worth playing. I do think EU4 is a better game but that's probably because I'm more interested in the history. Mm. So my final word would be, if you really like the sound of the RPG and character interaction aspects, definitely CK2 is a fantastic game. Mm. If you're more into nation building and diplomacy, then I'd say get EU4, which goes for roughly the same price as CK2. Um, Around Christmas, there should be a sale. Mm. Um, Have at it. It's great. Yeah, I would actually, I'd echo that. And I think that, look, they're, they're both complicated games, but... I feel like I had an easier time getting into EU than I did this game. Um, probably just because CK is such a, a different game. There's, there's nothing really like it. Yeah. And so that, that alone makes it challenging. The tutorial, even for the vanilla version, wasn't particularly good. Like I, 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 I think I spent probably like 30 or 40 hours playing the game before I really felt like I understood it. Which, yeah, that's a pretty daunting thing to say. So um, if you have a lot of time and a lot of patience and you want to experience something unique and you do love history a lot um then very much recommend this game um also if you yeah if like ac said if you if you're into those sort of civilization like strategy god games that sort of stuff um, and you want to try something a bit more realistic um then again this would be a good game to pick up and i think that uh, these two games are both better than anything that the civilization series has ever done by a large margin yeah wow. okay so that's kind yeah. of a ringing endorsement because there are a lot of civ fans out there but mm. i think a lot of civ fans also find the process relaxing of taking mm. a turn and seeing what happens yeah there's a certain flow to, to civ that's like that's nice but i i do i've always felt this is and this is just my personal psychosis that <laughs> i just i just can't stand how how historically inaccurate Civ games yeah. are. It oh just drives God, me you mental. Sound like my cousin. Yeah, and I, I know it's like I know it, that's not that's not the point of Civ. Oh, I agree but I you. just I just feel like if you've got Gandhi in the game, 
like and then you find and then he's like driving tanks across your border and it's just all George Washington except it's like it's like the Bronze Age. It's just too it's too weird for me. And he's there in his power to the wig and stuff, and you're like, this is just too weird. I can't handle it's this. True, it's true. It is. I mean, the anachronism is part of the joy of Civ, but yeah. I mean, it's meant to be an alternate world history, right? That's the thing. Yeah, like it's it, you're meant to be playing the world in a slight in a, in a different speed I mean, in a different way. In many ways, that the nations and the characters in in Civ are just notional. Like yeah. you know, Gandhi slash India is not really India it's just like a random like you know group of people yeah uh, anyway I'm getting off topic um, I do so, recommend the game I love it I've, I still love it and I still kind of want to play more of it it's probably up there in my my favourite games of all time so mm-hmm. um, I don't think it made the top 5 in our previous no, of the show, no. but it's definitely my top 10 Interesting. So yeah. I think that's if you have a Rob type personality mm-hmm. and you love those that that kind of uh, real time numbers based history game, mm-hmm. then I would really think that this is right up your alley. And the chances are, if you are that type of person, you probably already know about this game. Yeah. But if you don't, um, look out for a Steam sale. Give it a go. <laughs> and if you find that Civ is too ahistorical like Rob, then definitely it's 100% what you're looking for. So, and I, I don't mean to mince words here in our in our game life talk, but Elchan, why the fuck are you in Canberra? <laughs> well, I just wanted to be as close to you as possible when the gay marriage thing passed. <laughs> Yoo-hoo! Yoo-hoo! Fantastic! <laughs> uh, no, this is this has been coming for quite a while. I'm probably the closest thing to a priest you guys know. So. <laughs> That's true. You actually are. That is not a lie. So, and then, and in that capacity, I will use my. Uh... Okay, let's not go now. <laughs> if we pay you extra, can you be naked? If any man can think of any reason why these two men should not be joined together, several, but I'm going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> There's more than a few. For one, we're both already married. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm not. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay. Wait a so, minute. I am actually <laughs> for a bit. For a bit. <laughs> yes. Let's just come off that that nice game about uh, possibly killing your wife because she's infertile and Rob's saying stuff about this. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> um, right. El Chan. Why? Why? Why are you in Canberra? Tell us why. Okay. This is really not an interesting story, but I'm doing a master's degree. And I needed to come to Australia to work on some stuff and do my dissertation and so on and so forth. So while I was here, I thought, why not drop in on my old pal Rob? No, hey, wait a minute. Why are you staying at his place then? <laughs> Maybe next time. Um, <laughs> he would too. I reckon you would probably prefer to stay at Rob's. Look, there's a lot of drugs and prostitutes in my place. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've sold me. <laughs> Yeah, damn it, that backfired on me in a big way. <laughs> um, no, I just thought I'd come and hang out with my old pal AC for a week, um, since he often comes to Japan to do that for me. And so I'm here, and I've been mostly working on my university stuff during the day while AC's been at work. And um, when he comes home, we uh, watch Salty's Dream Casino and watch The Simpsons and eat bad food. So it's been a grand time because Maria and May aren't here, which is a shame. Wow. Okay, you went there. The no, best, no, no. The best thing about this. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So it's a shame they're not here because I am a very different person around when it's just Elchan and I. When everyone else is here, I'm a bit more of a dad and a bit more responsible. But when they're gone and it's just Elchan and I living together... And we have lived together for years in, in the did, past in Japan. Did. Do you just revert back to your old behavior patterns? Oh, or? fuck yes. 
pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, we stay up until ungodly hours watching The Simpsons, watching uh, Salty's Dream Casino. Can I just add here that we must be getting old because in the in the past, ungodly hours meant five a.m. Now it means like eleven p.m. It's like I'm tired and got to go to work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We're so lame. Yeah, we're pretty lame. What happened to turning up at work in a right old state? What happened to that ace? See, the, today I actually had to leave work early. It wasn't because I was tired. It's because I ate really dodgy Turkish food yesterday. Mm. My stomach was fucked up. Did you get that from the local? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's it's good, but it's sus. It is a bit <laughs> sus. And it got really sus at about 11.30am this morning to the point where I'm like, like, Andrew, do you need a bucket? And it's like, oh. Oh, boy. So I think Andrew and I were a little worse for wear. Mm. Yeah, Possibly. I think you got the worst of it. I think I did. I think I ate too much as well. Like, it was sus and I ate too much. It's that terrible combination. Yeah. But it's not. It's, it's, it's good enough that you want to keep eating it. Like Homer, Homer in that sandwich. Oh, I can't stay mad at you. I still have some of this in the fridge right now. Yeah. I should really chuck it. In fact, those pitas do look a lot like the sandwich. <laughs> like, you know, That's about true. six foot long. <laughs> kind of sad. Oh, I'll give it a good home. Mushrooms growing out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Are you going to eat the sandwich, Homer? Yes. <laughs> so we, Andrew and I do, every time we get together, we watch The Simpsons a lot. And I mean, like, it's, it's background noise, it's foreground noise, it's on while we're playing games, it's foreplay. <laughs> Thought I'd just add that in there. <laughs> Awkward silence. So, every time we watch The Simpsons, um, we have, like, we choose one quote that we really, really like. And we just keep quoting at each other the whole time. And this time, it is... Oh, you go ahead. I wouldn't dream of taking this from you. Oh, so we, we kind of hit an impasse. Um, like it's um, guess who's been practicing medicine without a license? No, oh, oh, that's right, Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good. It's a good quote. Yeah. But then we were watching, and so we decided like yesterday. Oh, it's hey, getting late in the week. We need to decide on what the quote is, and we've been saying it enough times that it's pretty much the quote. But then we watched the. Um, the Troy McClure episode where he marries Selma and yeah. they had the uh, I hate every ape I see from chimpanzee to chimpanzee. That yeah. is a great musical. It <laughs> is so tempting to change tracks halfway through, but I'm, I'm thinking I might mm. stick with the medicine one. Okay. Yeah, that's a good choice. That's a good sort of like, like towards the end of the heyday of the Simpsons. Yeah. Quote. Yeah. That was still good at that time, but it was, you could see, you could see the, the, the beginning of the decline. Yeah. I think it's fair to say. It was around that time that it started getting not... You know, it was still good. It was still quality, but it yep. just wasn't grade A Simpsons quality anymore. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. Yeah. It wasn't the kind of thing you could attend bovine university with. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. what else have you been doing while you've been in Canberra? While I've been at work, selfishly. Yeah, selfishly. I've been to Parliament House. How was that? It was good. It was good. It was interesting to sit 20 metres away from the Prime Minister. Um, yeah, and I, it's a bit of a shame with all the construction they've got going on at there at, at the moment mm. and the fences and all the other rubbish. But um, it's a very impressive building. And I took a nice walk from Parliament House to uh, the city centre, which was also cool. And other than that, studying and playing video games. And that's we've pretty much it. been playing quite a few games. So Parliament House is a very lovely building. Mm. Um, but the, for terrorist reasons, they've been constructing all these fences around yeah. 
the side and it's kind of ugly because it's meant to look like it's part of the hill like it's inside the hill mm, mm. and it's got these beautiful English type lawns yes. but with like an ugly fence around it it just kind of detracts from it just makes us look paranoid yeah well I think we are though aren't we? <laughs> yeah I mean this is this is this is 2018 or well, 2017 for a bit longer mm. um, but I'm already my mind is already turning to 2018 now don't blame um, you yeah it's, uh, it's been a hell of a year so does this mean that we can't roll down the hill of, Pal- of Parliament House anymore the fence will catch us is that is this what will happen maybe that's a good thing because the mm. fence is like just before the road ah uh, yeah <laughs> because you, yeah. I did actually used to roll down that and they it's, always used to tell us stop that kids yeah it's a, this, it's, is a, this is a place of respect in Parliament Canberra and teenagers it's a rite of passage you know rolling down a hill um yeah, yeah, it's a shame. Hmm. So we've been playing a couple of games. What games have you been playing, guys? Well, I think um, the first one when Andrew first came into my games room, he was immediately attracted to the Mame Arcade machine that I have. Yes, yes, I was. Pippi so, and Bibby. Yeah, we're not going back to that fucking game. <laughs> so we, while we were what? playing this, that was the porn game we played. Yeah, remember the red light special? Ah. Uh, Tell me more about it. <laughs> it was one of those stupid games where when you finish a, a level of this mediocre game, you see like part of a naked woman and more and more is revealed. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Very ordinary. Well, I think I can see some ankle. <laughs> all for Silas, all for Silas. That's right. So um, Andrew really wanted to play a game. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, he got the game wrong. Yeah, we played the wrong game, but they were very similar. They were. So what game do we actually play? I think it was called Knights of Valor. And it was it's a side scrolling beat 'em up in the the same kind of tune of uh Dungeons the Capcom Dungeons and Dragons and type games. Kind of deal, yeah, 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 very yeah. similar to that. Mm-hmm. And there yeah. are like about five characters you can choose from, I think. Is one of them a yeah. bikini lady? No, there ah, were no girls in this. Forget it. It was a it was a Three Kingdoms Chinese Three Kingdoms. Game. Oh right, okay, Romance of Three Kingdoms. Okay, yeah. so you play as like uh, let me think. Can't remember any names. Can, is Lu Bu in there? Is uh... not as a playable character, but we didn't get all the way to the final boss because we were falling asleep. <laughs> it was it was a long game. We played that game for hours and Cow hours Ren. and hours. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm just naming characters from <laughs> from Koei games now. <laughs> So, yeah, we did play this for, for ages. And every time we defeated, like, really, really difficult bosses, mm. we're thinking, oh, that must be the last level. Fucking no. <laughs> it just kept going and going and going and going. And it got to the point where we just went, we, we really wanted to finish it, but mm. we'd also been playing for, like, an hour and a half. Yeah. I think the game really reflected my favorite part of the Three Kingdoms story, when the heroes got attacked by bears and eagles. Nice. <laughs> I think that was really well depicted in the game. And panthers. There were like there were panthers, panthers in this game. That's right. Yeah. Lots of the, you know, Chinese panthers. Were they working for the kingdom of Wu, wasn't <laughs> Those damn Wu panthers. <laughs> that sounds like a hip-hop group. Wu panthers. Wu-Tang panthers. Yeah, there's probably an album called Kingdom of Wu, wasn't <laughs> It probably but is. The yeah. game that I actually wanted to play was Warriors of Fate, I think it's called. Which and is, is that a Capcom job? I think so. It's it's a, also a side-scrolling Three Kingdoms game, um, but not the side-scrolling Three Kingdoms game that we actually <laughs> played. There's lots of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so, a popular. Look, it's a popular story. I'm not surprised. There's a lot of a uh, lot of games being based on it. I mean, it's it's of course lost on most people in the West, but yeah. Um, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't read any of it. No, in I case mean, that Panther part didn't. 
tip tip you off. I haven't read any of it. <laughs> no, me neither. Well, I got daunted. I was interested in doing it, but then I got daunted with the sheer length of it. I mean, it makes it makes Lord of the Rings look like a you know like a dime store novel. Um, <laughs> it's huge, um, but I'm sure it's. I mean, it's you know an absolute classic. Yeah. So it's just a commitment, like. I read War and Peace, so I'm sure I can... You yeah, know, you could probably do it. I could probably give it a go. It's just I've got other stuff that I want to do, like play Uncharted 4, for God's sake. Anyway, sorry, I'm interrupting. I'm no, 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 no. It's no, pretty much it. Free form. Yeah, no, mm. it's, there was, it was fun enough, but it was very it got very samey. So we do want to go back and actually play this other game as well. So I'll yes. fire up the arcade probably tomorrow night. Yes. Um, we've also been playing... We also played a bit of um, Everybody's Golf. I still haven't unlocked any more than one course. <laughs> Okay. So we played a couple of rounds. That's all that needs to be said about so, it. Moving no, on. no, 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 no. Andrew won the first game. El Chan was very good. He won the practice round. The practice round. <laughs> and the second round, boy, howdy, was that a winner? Because we like to have a bit of a dig at each other while we're playing this. And Andrew was a, and I like had a terrible, terrible shot. I was in basically the marsh grasslands, you know, many, many a hundred meters away from the hole. The roughest of rough. Oh, it doesn't get much rougher than this. And Andrew Phrasing. was laughing at me saying, ha ha, it's not like you're going to get it in this time. Phrasing. <laughs> and I got a chip in eagle. I nice. got it in and it, it, it was one of those ones that it looked like it was going to miss completely, edged towards it. And then just did the circle around the, the hole, yeah. and then Andrew just went no. <laughs> and I think it's fair to say that his morale was destroyed after that. It said Chip and Eagle, and we got the replay. Nice. So for the rest of the night, I was like going Chip and Eagle. Hey, it's Mister Chip and Eagle, and it got to the point where we were using line, and I sent yeah, a, no other text messages. Yeah, it's a good thing to wake up to. <laughs> it was like a, a, a potato chip, mm-hmm. and then uh, like a. A, a golf ball holding into a hole and then an eagle purely <laughs> <laughs> <really> champagne comedy <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help myself it was it's not because it was such a great shot it was a great shot it was just your reaction to that shot mm. <sighs> you were so angry about it because you were doing so well until that point yes mm. yes well golf is nothing if not infuriating yeah so. exactly yeah yeah so Rob what about you uh, look I haven't been doing very much I have, I have. It's been a busy. It's been a busy time for me. Um, but it's all sort of been work-related busyness, so I can't really talk about um, what I've been up to. Really, um, I will. I will sort of project into the future, though. So this weekend is my birthday, which will be fun. Um, Sunday, isn't it? The yeah, 10th? that's right. Unfortunately, I believe um, that, we're flying out be... at the exact time that I'm holding the birthday party. So, yeah. Um, that. When you uh, hear this, it will actually be in the past because this is not yes. going to come out for like a so when you listen to this podcast, it will have been my birthday um, a couple of days ago, or actually maybe over a, a week, no, a week yeah, and over, a bit. over a week and a bit. All yeah. right, yeah, this is weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, why don't we just talk about what I probably have done by the time you? I'll probably have played more Uncharted Four and probably enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I, I probably have a lot of good things to say about that game. <laughs> we look forward to probably hearing about it. And, and I'll be on. I'll be on leave. Which will be great. So I definitely will have more time to play to play games. Although I do have a lot of other stuff that I'm wanting to do. This is the shame of when you have leave is that you think, oh great, I've got nothing to do for like you know weeks and I can just relax and play games. But actually, you end up filling that time with like mundane crap, like mowing lawns and yeah. running errands and looking after yeah. infants and things like Don't that. Don't you have study to do as well? Well, I am studying. Yeah, I mean, I'm in sort of in between exams right now. But I did order. Um, 
I ordered about like 11 astrology books oh, good um, from Book Depository. That's um, a good site. I, I use that site too. Yeah, yeah, me too. I use it for manga. A lot of them arrived yesterday actually and it was a little bit like Christmas because they're all individually wrapped because Book Depository is complete, completely idiotic. It seems to be run by robots. Yeah. Um, so they just individually packaged like all these books and sent them to no, me. No, I think that's why you get free shipping is because yeah. they're individual, oh, individually right? uh, sent. It's such a low cost to them that mm. you get free shipping discount on books but they only send one at a time. Right. So that explains why they all, they all arrive in one big bundle with like like a... Like a rubber yeah. band around Yeah, yeah, yeah. Post yeah. office probably did that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But let's get to the important point. How many bookmarks did you get? I got a lot of bookmarks and I got I'll tell you about my bookmarks. I got I got two Peppa Pig bookmarks. I got okay. one Gruffalo bookmark. These are great because my kid loves Peppa Pig and loves the Gruffalo. I don't know what those things are, but let's Peppa go. Peppa Pig it. is a small cartoon pig who is extremely rude. Okay. Um, Not that rude. Well, rude enough to make like prudish parents in Australia wring their hands and go, oh no! There was a there was a uh, bit of a controversy mm. about Peppa Pig recently where the Peppa Pig mm. um, discovered a spider in her room. Yeah. And it said, it's okay. Uh, the spider won't hurt you. And then the Australians had to pull the episode. because, like, no, this is Australia. Spiders will fucking kill you and eat you. Oh, they're fine. They're fine. <laughs> Except for like three or four species that you need to absolutely eradicate from the face of the earth. <laughs> Burn them with fire. Yeah. Um, but the rest of them are fine. Yeah, huntsmen's <laughs> are fine. Um, Huntsmen's are quite cute. Actually, I've seen that episode and they end up taking it outside. They, they release the spider outside, but it keeps coming back inside and scaring the mum. Um... Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, so I got two Peppa Pig ones. I'll give one to my daughter. He'll probably like eat it or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious um, bacon. Yeah, just carry it around all day and smear it with ice cream and stuff. Um, yeah, Gruffalo one. I got one Alice in Wonderland one, which I'm quite happy with because that's one of my favorite books, despite Lewis Carroll being probably a complete weirdo. Yeah, um, weirdo but, being the nice term. Yeah, there but those for... are that's still a really good book. Yeah, um, I still have this trouble. This is really off topic and probably again not. We're probably not the best people to talk about this. But I find it really difficult to separate the artist from the art. And sometimes it's impossible. You know, sometimes you just like, that guy was just so fucked that yeah, I, can't, I, I can't, cannot enjoy this person's I work refuse anymore. to watch Woody Allen movies for yeah. that reason and, <laughs> yeah. and Polanski films as well. Yeah, he it's, loves it's it hard, when right? I do a Woody Allen impersonation. <laughs> oh, loves it. Do it. No. Do it, do it, do it, do you, it, do you it. You hit me every time I do it. <laughs> I won't hit you this time. We'll have it on record. Go on, Rob. What? You want me to do my Woody Allen impression? <laughs> that, that is fine as well. Oh, I'm Woody Allen. <laughs> I like to make movies. <laughs> wait, wait, I'll look my... Do believe the sad fact today is he's having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Call an ambulance. <laughs> No, no, I don't think we'll be doing that. Call a wee ambulance. (laughs) Ah, we finally hear his impression at last. Okay, I'm on. (laughs) So, you say you haven't been playing games, but you have actually... We did have a bit of a get-together on Saturday night when uh, Elchan came into town. That's true, I did play games then. Mm. Mm. So, why don't we talk about that? We had a a bit of a a shindig. We did. We we had dirtbag dominoes, Mm -hmm. and we played You Don't Know Jack. Mm-hmm. It was the Jackbox, I believe. Yes. Okay, all right, the Jackbox edition. Because if there's one thing I'm good at, it's forcing people to play games against their will. <laughs> but I think I think we all DC got on board um, pretty quickly. I think the announcer is a little bit off-putting, but then when you actually realise that the game is good, you kind of get over the fact that. I mean, some people really like the announcer. Some Do people, they? some mm. people like genuinely, unironically, like think he's funny. Um, I I don't think that. 
No, I don't think <laughs> Australians really find the humour in that guy. We're much too cynical. Yeah. It does um, add something to the game, though. I don't think it'd be the same without the announcer. No, yeah, no, true. it needs some personality, even if it's not a great personality. Yeah, it's more that the, the jokes aren't particularly good. Yeah. But I think having an upbeat, energetic host is what that game needs. So, you know, we were drawing things and we were answering questions and, you know, everyone gets a go at, uh, at that drawing and there was an art auction, which was probably the, the more fun one. Yeah. That takes a little while to kind of grasp. So we, play, we played the one where you lie. What's that one called? Uh, the lying um, one. Um, probably just the lying one. Uh, fibbage? No. Is that yeah, it, it is, is Fibbage. It is Fibbage. 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 Yeah. yeah, Fibbage, yeah. Um, and then we played, yeah, that, that sort of Pictionary art auction one, which I can't remember the name of either right mm. now. Yeah, I forgot the name of that. Sorry. Yeah. It was a it was a fun old time because you know you can you how you know the worth of certain pieces of art, and I was very conservative in that and mm. didn't really uh, like buy any pieces of art because mm. it's an auction and you know what some are worth and you might get lucky with other ones and mm. you can trick people out. And I was very conservative and didn't really do much. And then the second game, I just went, ah, oh, fuck it. And just like put like a million dollars on everything. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing is, of course, worth a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. That game is fun. It's difficult to explain that game. Mm. Um, but it is it is a good one. But, um... It's really fun. You kind of like, you're, you you have one of your own pictures comes up and you're, you're bidding on it to try and try and get the price up there. But then sometimes that nobody can, else bids yeah, on it. Sometimes that can backfire. Yeah. yeah, I learned pretty quickly to only like do that once or twice at most. Um, early on as well. Yeah, because um, yeah, once it gets up a bit, it starts to get a bit suspicious. I mean, it gets suspicious too, I think. Yeah, that's part of the fun though. Yeah. That's like part of the dynamic of the game. Yeah. We also played the board game, or card game, I suppose, Werewolf. Yes. Which is where there is one, possibly two, maybe even three werewolves. No, mm-hmm. there's only two. There's only two. Okay. But I'm just you- naturally a werewolf. <laughs> you never know. There might be a third. There might be a you third. You always keep on your toes. <laughs> so it's, it's a it's game a, of paranoia. Yeah, it's a game of paranoia and, and like baseless accusations. Yeah. And everyone is really, really pissed off whenever I win and I'm the werewolf. Yes. Because everyone's like really, really angry that I, that I of all people of such a, a low intelligence managed to get away with it. I think we're just... I think there's... <laughs> I think people think and incorrectly think that you're not good at lying <laughs> yeah. but yeah, you actually are you're actually very good at lying i'm, I'm lying, lying right now lying. i'm really bad at lying i suffer i suffer in these games there's only been one time where i was the werewolf and actually won and i think that was because my wife was was a werewolf too in one game we played and we both just like worked really you, well you were in sync yeah, yeah. we were we, we worked well together to confuse you all um but yeah, other than that, I, I tend to be very bad at those games. I was lucky because I never actually drew a werewolf card the entire time we were playing it. So the, the uh, funniest time was when Eric thought, like, so friend of the show, Eman, mm-hmm. who was a, a guest in one of our previous episodes, yes, Stream of Nonsense, helped out on the um, the extra life stream. Yeah, 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 um, very kindly. Uh, he was just flat out saying, "I'm the werewolf. It's me. Kill me." And <laughs> <God damn> Eric. <laughs> uh, the thing is that by this stage, he was not the werewolf because his card had been switched and he had no idea. And but he thought he was. Oh, so good. So it was was this really funny dynamic of even when you think you're telling the truth, Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, his his version of lying wasn't exactly convincing either, Mm. that it could still trip people up. And I managed to convince him that he was, even though he wasn't and I knew he wasn't. This has just gotten very confusing for our listeners. So. Yes, yes, yes. But it, uh, Werewolf is a great game. All yeah. you need is like some cards and and an app on your phone. Really. You really need about five people as well. It's not great with less than five. Yeah, but, uh, we often play with four because that's all you can really get. 
Yeah, I think, again, it's probably too difficult to explain this game. It would always require a whole episode to explain yeah. it. But it's essentially a game where you, you lie about... You, you get given a card that tells you what you are, um, and then there's a pit process that go, happens where you close your eyes and maybe your card will change, depending on what other people's cards are. It sounds a bit complex, but uh, at the end of that process, you then have to determine who out of you may have the werewolf card. Um, and that in itself can be um, you know a yeah and even if you are the werewolf at the start you might not be the werewolf at the end yeah yeah it's uh. what nerds call often disparagingly a social deduction game mm. yeah I, I do like I, I do love social games mm. like and especially like one with base, baseless accusation it's kind of like the, the crucible mm. effectively now there's another game like this called Avalon, and I'm sure you own a copy of this. Being someone who owns many a video, many a board game, yeah, um, it's not as good. You prefer Werewolf? Yeah, is there something more pure about Werewolf? Like something well, more sort of like the thing that's great about Werewolf. Well, this is um, one night Werewolf, not Ultimate Werewolf, which is a different thing. Mm. But the thing that makes it great is you, it only takes five to ten minutes to play, mm. whereas an Avalon or an Ultimate Werewolf, you're looking at half an hour to an hour to more, mm. and when you've been killed. And then you're just kind of sitting out the game. That's not much fun. Yeah. So I, I usually... It's like Counter-Strike. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, it's exactly like that. Oh, my God. That is the perfect analogy. Um, so, yeah. If anyone wants <clears throat> to play a game like this, um, One Night Werewolf is what I would recommend. Yeah. It's certainly the best of the bunch. Cool. All right. Uh, before we get into the quiz, mm-hmm. uh, I did a guest spot on uh, another friend of the show, or friend of our YouTube channel, rather, uh, Elise, who runs Dark and Shiny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we recorded a new uh, episode for Game Life Balance Australia. So it was a bit of a tit for tat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went on hers and she came on our uh, YouTube channel, Rob. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I'm just trying to make him feel guilty, and he feels no guilt. No, I feel zero guilt. Um, so we don't really update a whole lot. It's kind of randomly, and it's usually me. Uh, mm. But we've done an Evangelion game again, mm-hmm. uh, and we play an almost half decent one called Evangelion Battle Orchestra. It's not. A, it's not good. It's good for an Evangelion game because most of them are pretty shit house. <laughs> In the same way that, like, um, Super Back to the Future is, like, a good Back to the yeah, Future. Yeah, exactly. That is exactly right. It's, it's like, passable as a game. It's <laughs> a burn. You just burned that game really badly. <laughs> because every other Back to the Future game is shite. Yeah, yeah. Other than the Telltale one, which is which is decent enough. So do go check out the YouTube channel. Um, yep. and, uh, I'll put it up soon. It'll be out mm. by the time this episode goes up. One other thing that I wanted to mention, before we go to the quiz, yep. I felt, and this is, this is a reflection of the fact that the, the Game Life Balance... US guys are back recording podcasts. They're and, back. And as a result, um, we now have to fall into the terrible habit that we had before of um, back and forth trading blows and insults with the Game Life Balance US. <laughs> it's, um, it's very self-indulgent, isn't it? And there are many things that I could respond to, but one thing actually, this is not really trading insults. It's more something that I feel we need to address. Yep. Which was the many aspersions cast against <laughs> the good name of Andrew Racer Yoshimura. <laughs> In the last episode of Game Life Balance US, okay. in which they expressed astonishment and disgust yep. that you are apparently our retro gaming expert, but yep. haven't played any um, of the major 8-bit or 16-bit RPGs, such as Final Fantasy III, Secret of Mana, etc. Final <laughs> what? So, what have you to say in response to this this accusation, AC? Because I understand that... that um, Final Fantasy? Oh, that's the one with like the like the dwarf and the ASCII guys and drunkenness and shit like that. I don't know. So there's dumb people with dumb anime hair and they do dumb things. And oh, like, Cody! That's Cody! Yeah. Cody's just one. lost a lot of <laughs> listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Look, 
I've been, I, tro- look, I've been trolling Final Fantasy fans since the beginning of yeah. this game. <laughs> like, I've never played through a Final Fantasy game. Uh, I want to. I want to do seven. Yeah, uh, that's probably a good place to start. This is the the early ones. I know what early JRPGs are like. Yeah, and I because you know I've seen people play. Like basically, Final mm. Fantasy. Let's face it, mm. is dr- is just Dragon Quest light. Like it's the light no. version of Dragon Quest. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna All get right. people actually genuinely that angry. Is, this is like oh, this is like the read easy version of fucking Dragon <laughs> Quest. It's a bit less grindy. Oh, it's a little bit more for the simpletons out there. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Watching you do right uh, now, I know exactly how to press them buttons. Look, I will stick to be clear. I have enjoyed several Final Fantasy games, but I'm one of those people that like. Seven didn't like eight, liked nine, thought ten was stupid, and then fell off completely. Yeah, um, I'm with you. And I haven't played anything since then. But I really, I, I get why people like them. It's just, it's just a bit too. It's a bit too Final Fantasy for me now. It's just, you know, like it's a time sink, and that's yeah. part of the problem. I don't, I, you know, I have a kid, and mm. you know, I know exactly what JRPGs are, mm. and I, I, fa- I find it so difficult to grind for that. Mm when it's something that it's the same process over and over again that's not going to change yeah yeah and I don't know like I I really do want to give them a proper go yeah but it's just so hard I would say Secret of Mana might be one that you ought to play because it is an action RPG I do I have actually played that one I, yeah. got, I got the sword I fell <clears> down <throat> I defeated the first boss and boy was I terrible at it and mm. it has multiplayer you can have up to three people playing at the same Ooh. time so you and your wife should get on that we should We should actually play I Secret think, of Mana I think which with is Maria with you you so, would probably get through it yeah uh, so Secret of Mana is actually Seiken Densetsu 2 that's right the yeah. first one being for the Game Boy mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is Final Fantasy Adventure Quest I think isn't it no it's Adventure over here because it? it's an action RPG anything with adventure is an action RPG is that right yeah okay. All right, I'll Final Fantasy Adventure I'll take your word for it yeah um, so I have that one as well apparently that's grinderific as well though to a certain extent so mm. I do want to play Secret of Mana because I do actually have the original cartridge yeah uh, but my wife really wants to play um, Chrono Trigger because she loves that game. Mm. I think it's worth explaining to the to the listeners. I'm, you just basically don't like turn-based RPGs. It's that, very difficult yeah. for my brain. So I grew up a Sega kid. Mm. And then so I missed the whole NES in, in the first instance. And then I went on to SNES where I liked action games and fighting games when I was a teenager. And then by the time uh, the N64... And PlayStation era came around. Mm. I fell off video games, it's fair to say, for a while. Because mm. I, you know, was interested in women. Oh and God. had a life. Here we go. <laughs> I was having the sex while you guys were having the lame time. <laughs> it's It's uh, a kind of... that's a, like I'm, I'm kind of trolling there a bit. But yeah. it's kind of a half-truth that I did kind of get... I, I really love my Super Nintendo. But mm. I just did not get into the generation afterwards. Mm. To the same extent. Mm. What a poser. Yeah, basically. I was a bit of a poser. There was this uh, summer that I went to um, to El Chan's place in Brisbane when he was living in Brisbane at the time. And it was basically, he got sick of me playing with nothing but the, uh, ar- the arrows on a keyboard and said, right, this summer I'm going to teach you how to use a fucking mouse. <laughs> so it was like a summer of teaching me how to play Quake with a mouse. WASD motherfucker, get Yeah, off. exactly. It was like, but I like the arrow keys. I can tell what I'm doing. It's like, no. Don't touch like it. Smack your hand with a ruler like, a, like an evil piano teacher. Every time he touches the arrow <laughs> key. Evil piano teacher is exactly what he's like. 
when we when it comes to like teaching me like dragging me into the modern era of games uh gold yeah look i do make i do make a lot of jokes about final fantasy because i do think a lot of it is very silly but i really did like seven i really did like nine i can see why people liked eight it just the 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 um drawing system just lost me completely 10 I have fond memories of but I think that was you could pinpoint that was where I kind of was like this is getting a bit dumb yeah um, just for me personally just got too far into that like hair products and like just and like just really like very linear very like um, uninteresting um, I suppose X2 was really was it was sort of a or 10 2 was um, a different kind of a beast but um, it was too it was too like J-poppy for me to want to play it and then I just kind of lost interest. I suppose that's the problem with having a linear like RPG because the, the kind of the point is that you're meant to kind of die and go out into the world and get fucked over a whole bunch mm. in those JRPGs. And if mm. it's just linear or too which linear... Which one was it that there was, there was like a corridor simulator? I can't remember which one. It was 13. 13, thank you. Yeah, yeah. But the worst one, the absolute worst one is 14. For Final Fantasy 14. You are just, just trolling. You're just trolling co- Cody personally. <laughs> it's a coded message. Mm. A coded message. Mm-hmm. I tried to get back in with 15 recently. I read some good reviews of it and I bought it and I finished it and it was terrible. <laughs> I was it, watching you play that. It was it basically was like... bad. I mean, I like I love the idea of a road trip. I've, I want to play a video game road trip. Mm. If you feel the same way... Final Fantasy XV is not the video game road trip you're looking for. Mm, mm. That's such a shame. I mean, it was in production for like 10 years or something. And it's like, here you go, guys in a car and stopping. And look, for some people, that was their favorite game. You know, like there are people out there who love this stuff. And I don't want to, I don't want to like say you can't like what you like. It's just, it wasn't, it doesn't do it what you like. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to yuck your yum, but your yum sucks. And I don't like it. (laughs) And with that, we have a quiz. Yuck your yum. <laughs> so I think it's fair to say that we've had a lack of quiz-based quizzes, yes. Quizzy Boy. Yes, there's been a, a, a lack of quizzes recently. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Um, my excuse is wearing thin. So I have prepared a quiz for you today. Okay. If this quiz doesn't involve Elsa and dentistry, I will be very disappointed. I'm sorry. I, I, unfor- unfortunately, I know that it would please you greatly, <laughs> but it would probably make AC want to murder <laughs> murder me um even more than he already does so um with that in mind i have um gone back to one of our classics one of our old faves yep one of my faves anyway which is is it canon is it canon so i guess uh this is a true or false quiz more or less i want i'll read out a piece of supposed video game lore yep and i want you to tell me whether it's canon or whether it's not canon and not canon can include completely made up bullshit or something that is does exist but is just not considered official canon. Okay, so basically this time it's going to be between me and Elchan, That's I right. guess, rather than so me and you. You might call this a genuine quiz for the first time <laughs> ever. Because there is actually some sort of stake involved, even if it is just the, the glory of beating, um, you know, the other Andrew. <laughs> so We're basically the same person the at this fight. point. Who is the best Andrew? Let's find out when we play. <laughs> is it canon? There can Yay. be only one. That's right. Pause for applause. <laughs> pause for laugh track. And question Three, two, one. Question number one. Okay. Bubsy. Oh, <laughs> Fuck you. God. No, I'm out. I'm just, I'm just out. <laughs> well, I'm glad it's not Chuck Rock. Uh, Bubsy owns the world's largest collection of yarn balls. Is it canon? True. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to go with True for that too. Correct. That is canon. That's that's the yeah. reason why he's so concerned about the Woolies. Oh god. Because he has the most to lose. <laughs> he has the most to lose. All right. I don't know. Some would say that if he died, he'd have the most to win. Him <laughs> and some ladies that like to knit are probably <laughs> the people who are the he's most. He's a bit of a grandma, isn't the he? The most concerned about the yarn ball, the lack thereof, or lack thereof. All right. Question number two. Um, in Street Fighter Three, everyone's favourite Street Fighter, a key motivation for the gentlemanly British boxer Dudley is to recover his father's antique car. Is this canon? Uh, I'm going to go false. I'm going to go... You know so much about this. I'm tempted to agree with you, but I'm going to say true. Correct. It is true. It is canon. The main reason, or one of the many... One of the main reasons why Dudley enters the fighting tournament scene is to recover his father's antique car. Who pays attention to Street Fighter canon? I mean, really? Yeah. (laughs) We were actually... Because on Salty's Dream Casino, it's just a whole bunch of mishmash of fighting characters. And Dudley came up, and I'm not very familiar with Street Fighter Mm -hmm. 3. And he came up and I went, ha ha, he looks like a Ponce. I'm going to go for the other guy. And I got trounced. Yes. He's Dudley like an OP character. OP. Yeah. Yes, yes, he is indeed. Um, question number three. Mm-hmm. Mario's implacable enemies, the Dry Bones, are undead Koopa Troopers brought back to life by Iggy Cooper of the Koopalings using his magic wand. Uh, is it canon? Uh, ooh. I, I think that happened... Oh, false. Yeah, I'm going to go with false on that one too. You're both right. It is not canon. Um, it's never really fully explained why they're... Why they're undead. Um, they just are. <laughs> they're just kind of, yeah, hanging around. I was going to say, because there are instances where, you know, they do kind of get cast. and Yes, there are, there are times where they sort of, like, appear materialised, etc. Yeah, it's not directly to do with Iggy, though. I don't think um, they want to go into right, black so magic and necromancy we, in a game. We both get over. <laughs> it's just not a, not a Nintendo thing. Um, All right, next question. Question number four. Nathan Drake from the Uncharted series is in fact a distant descendant of famed privateer Sir Francis Drake. False. False. Correct. Yes, he thinks he is or he tells people he is, but he ain't. He's adopted, isn't he? Um, oh, no, he was like picked up at, like by a 14-year-old at a gay bar or it's something. It's somewhat unresolved. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, that's that was one better. of our other quizzes. <laughs> Look, he has he has a non-gay older gentleman friend, <laughs> and they travel the world together. That's oh yeah, it's non-gay. It's basically of course, yes. Tintin, <laughs> Tintin and Captain Haggard. Which, which, which is it's a lot less racism though. Tintin, yes, Tintin without the racism and probably a lot more um, homosexual uh, undertones. Mm-hmm. Question number five: In Metal Gear Solid Three, oh god damn it, it is revealed that the sometime villain. Revolver Ocelot is the biological son of legendary soldier, the boss. Is it canon? I should answer this one first because I don't know the answer to this. Mm -hmm. Neither do I because it's so complicated in those games. I'm going to say yes, it's true. Uh, I'm going to go with false. It is canon. He is the son of the boss. Oh, wow. There you go. Got that one. Yep. Wait, are you talking about the boss or big boss? The boss. Any of the other... Freaking boss characters in those games. The boss, as in the lady one, what what naked snake has to kill in <laughs> in uh, Metal Gear Solid Three. Uh, oh, this is not going well. <laughs> in the le- no, question number six, in the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, the race of monsters known as Bokoblins mm-hmm. are revealed to be exclusively carnivorous. Is it canon? Oh, um. Andrew's looking at me. I'll answer first. I'm going to say true. 
I'm going to say false just to say the opposite thing to AC. Cool. Well, uh, you would be right. Your, your instinct to not do what AC does has steered you in good stead. <laughs> yet again. taken me a long way in life. Yeah, that's right. That's um, right. He still lives in Japan and I don't. From observing the way they interact with the game world, um, they are omnivores. They will eat fruit. Because They'll eat all sorts of stuff. Yeah, you often see just meat cooking at their campsites. Yeah. But if they do eat other stuff, I never really came across that. If they come across some vegetables, they'll happily eat them. They eat fish as well, which is technically not meat. Yes. If you're a vegetarian. True. A piscatarian. A piscatarian, yep, yep. All right, question number seven. Yep. In the Star Wars role-playing game series, Knights of the Old Republic. Uh Uh-oh. The Republic is threatened by a Sith Armada... (laughs) led by a Sith Lord who is later revealed to be the apprentice of the player character. Is uh, this canon? Uh, uh, most insolent fools choked. Uh, I'm going to say... Oh, Andrew. I know Andrew knows the answer to this. I'm going to say that is false. Yeah, it's false. I'm going to say, yes, you're both correct. It was a trick question because in 2014... Spoilers. In 2014, (laughs) um, uh, it it was declared, unilaterally declared, that everything apart from the movies was (laughs) non-canonical. Oh, wow. (laughs) Well played. Oh, wow. So, so Mara Jade never existed? All the books, all the games, forget about it. So, basically, they they, took Timothy Zane and they beheaded him. Mm -hmm. Like on the on the altar of Disney, you guys are getting sued. I'm just what, saying. What they used to what they used to refer. My to, name is Andrew Lynch. What they, oh, used to refer to as, what they used to refer to as the extent Star Wars extended universe. Yeah. Now it's been referred to as the Star Wars Legends or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, it's now no longer considered canon. Although it is kind of it's still kind of like on the fringes. Yeah. Okay. But it's yeah, it's not canonical anymore. Uh, so, question number eight: Rouge the Bat. From the Sonic the Hedgehog series. Fuck off. Is described in the 2003 game Sonic Heroes. Yes. As the world's greatest art thief. Is this canon? Uh, uh, in the Sonic games or in real life? <laughs> Take your pick. <laughs> I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to say true because I don't know what Rouge the Bat is or does. I just know that it's a bat with titties. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> I agree with AC, and I will say false, just to be contrary. Okay. Uh, points for Elchan. It is not canon. Yes. Oh, She's no. not the world's greatest art thief. She's actually the world's greatest treasure hunter. Uh, of course. Go. So oh, take that, Nathan well. Drake. Fuck. So memorable. All those fam- <laughs> memorable Sonic characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love them. Like Biggs the cat and... <laughs> The other one. I'm gonna. I am going to draw. <laughs> I am going to draw Biggs the cat on your tombstone in Sharpie. There go the remainder of your listeners. <laughs> so we've insulted. That's you. That is literally you at this point. At this point, we've insulted all of the most rabid fandoms that exist. Right? We've insulted the extremely insane Sonic the Hedgehog fandom. Oh yes. The even more extremely, extremely insane Final Fantasy fandom. Well, that's subjective. I'd go the other way around. <laughs> Next, let's talk about Rick and Morty. Oh boy, I love that. I, I love barbecue sauce mixed with sweet and sour sauce. That's great, and I will riot. That's it. I'm out. <laughs> Question. I'm gonna I'm just gonna move over that. Question number nine. In the classic PlayStation game, Ape Escape. The leader of the rebellious apes gains intelligence beyond that of a regular ape. <laughs> I like that that's the, I have to caveat Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. He's okay. not that smart. He's just smarter than a regular ape. He's smarter than the average ape. Uh, after putting on a special helmet called the Peak Point Helmet. 
Is this canon? Yes, true. False. <laughs> uh, it is canon, points to AC. Um, note, I should note, the helmet also makes him evil. Uh-huh. <laughs> because what, what else does intelligence give you? Uh... It gives you clues on how to solve crossword puzzles. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah I'm sure anyone who can do the cryptic crossword, crossword is certainly in league with Satan. Yep. Question number 10. Possibly has a helmet on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> just, I just love the guy, like, like doing, like, like a really old guy in a pub doing the crossword, but he's just got one of those bright yellow stack hats from the 80s. You go, yes. Oh, yes. I know this cryptic crossword. Ah, I fell off my bar stool, but I'm okay. <laughs> Stack hats is a very Australian thing. It is very Australian. Think of like like half an orange on your head. <laughs> Can I just translate here that in Australian English, stack means to fall over or have an accident for our American listeners. Thank for you. your American listeners. And hat means hat. Thus ends our 12-week intensive course. <laughs> You're now ready to be an Australian citizen. <laughs> that is literally... It's like, it's like that and Don Bradman. If you know who those two things are, you're ready to be an Australian. Hey, I wonder if I could get a research credit for just translating all of the Australian crap that you guys come out with. You probably could. <laughs> it's a full-time job. Question number 10. Okay, last one. The hyper-violent game, Smash TV, is set in the far-flung dystopian future of 1999. Is this canon? I'm going to go false. Uh... I think that's false, but I'm going to just... Andrew's been very contrary to me, so I'm going to be contrary to him. I think it. I think it's true, but I'm actually going to say false. Okay, well, um, you should have said it's true, because it, it is, in fact, canon. Wow. The game was set oh. in 1999, where um, murderous well. game shows exist. I suppose there was that, that game show called um, Don't Forget Your Toothbrush, which is pretty much like <laughs> Smash TV. <laughs> that, that is a, that is okay, a reference Andrew, that no translate one that one. Translate <laughs> Don't Forget Your Toothbrush, the Australian game show. Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and with that. Okay, so the final score is yep. uh, AC 8, Ilchan 6. So I think Damn. we've found out who the best Andrew is, and it's you. <laughs> Thank you for the quiz, Rob. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Because you know less than me, and my life sucks. So, everyone who is now angry at all of us because they love Sonic or um, Metal Gear Solid or Final Fantasy or any of the things we've disparaged in this episode or any other episode, uh, please tweet at Andrew. He is at ProdTally. Fuck off. (laughs) Yes, I'm at ProdTally. DMs especially. He prefers those. (laughs) DMs are closed unless you want some of my art. (laughs) Which you mean... Sonic art. Sonic fan art. Sonic fan art. Rouge the Bat fan art. Deviant. Yeah, but only if she's got a cock. (laughs) Wow, that escalated. (laughs) Is there any other kind of Rouge the Bat fan art? Probably not. Probably not. (laughs) Yes, there you go. These are Sonic fans we're talking about here. We know how the internet works. How many cocks does Robotnik have? Like 12. This has been the Australian Game Life Balance podcast. <laughs> I'm just going to put an end to this right now. Yes, it's. Uh, you can visit our sister show. Yep. At uh, Final Fantasy Fourteen yep. Sucks dot com. Send your angry tweets to at producer Cody. <laughs> oh, DMs as well. He loves those as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Please DM Cody. Actually, Cody is uh, is. Um, a recognised formal member of Twitter. What, what yes, that's right. He is. He is a. Uh, what do you call it? He's got the tick. Yeah, he's got. He's got the tick of approval. Authenticated. Or whatever. Yeah, authenticated. I think. Join so such luminaries as Donald Trump and members of the KKK. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. <laughs> pretty much the same. I'm sure he's a big yeah. fan of both of those. Actually. Oh yes, yes, yes. He loves them. 
So we've, man, we've alienated everyone in this episode. Fucking fantastic. Great. I'd just like to say thank you very much, Elchan, for being a part of this episode. Uh-huh. We may have run a bit long, and we say that every episode, because mm-hmm. we usually run a bit long. But, uh, you know, you get an extra third, mm-hmm. which, is, which is Elchan. He, he's, he's our third. Mm-hmm. And now I'm off back where I came from. <laughs> Blender Dimension.